Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Monday evening where we continue our reflections into the great Christian thinkers. My dear friends, it really has been an honor from one week to the next to journey with you and these great Christian men and women who have uh, bore witness to the love of Jesus Christ working in their own life. You know, our life is about turning ourselves over to Jesus Christ. And the saints that we talk about show us how to turn our lives over to Jesus Christ. There are so many things today that divert us from the path of Jesus Christ. And we pause here every Monday evening. Why? To reflect upon those who show us the way and to gain insight into how to better live out our vocation to love and holiness. So this evening, we have the opportunity to engage, my dear friends, another great saint, Saint Angela Marici. You know, let me ask a question. What is an angel? If you were to define an angel, and without convoluting it, right, simply angels are pure spirits without physical bodies that bring the message of God to his people. Every once in a while, someone comes along in our life and we think of them as an angel. Why? Well, maybe because of their goodness and the message they bring. We all have that person in our life, or maybe we have several. Maybe this is your mother, father, a sibling, a friend. Maybe uh, the angel in your life is someone you just met. Well, my dear friends, for the young girls who lived in Brescia, Italy, in the late 15th and early 16th century, that angel was Saint Angela Marici. Truly, Angela was fulfilling her foreordained purpose and vocation that is revealed within her very name by being angelic to those who she was ministering to. This evening, we have the opportunity to learn, as we have been over the course of the last year and a half, from another saint, Saint Angela Marici. So what can we say about St. Angela Marici. Well, she was born uh, March 21st, 1474, in a town called Desenzano, Italy, and she died on January 27th, 1540, in the rural Italian village of Brescia. Now, Angela's parents died when she was only 10 years old. Together with her older sister, she moved to a nearby town of Salo to live with her uncle. And it wasn't soon thereafter that her sister died quite suddenly without receiving the last sacraments. And this left Angela deeply upset. And at the age of 15, she decided to become a third order Franciscan. And like that of St. Francis, the founder of the Franciscan community, she desired to live a life of austerity, owning nothing as, and as it is well documented, not even a bed. And it was in Salo where she was so taken back by the death of her sister, she devoted her early years of prayer and sacrifice in that monastery for her. And as the story is told, 
young Angela asked God to reveal to her the condition of her deceased sister, and he answered her prayer by showing her through a vision that her sister was in heaven. Now, I want to pause here briefly before we go any further with her life. What have we already seen in the life of St. Angela Marici? She loses both of her parents. She loses her sister, and as we'll talk about here in a bit, she's going to lose her uncle. She will be left, for all intents and purposes, orphaned. It is not uncommon to find among the saints a lot of trial, a lot of strife, a lot of pain, a lot of agony. And what you find among all the saints is they're turning away from God? No, them turning towards God, seeking a deeper understanding. This interior attitude of faith that disposes them to better understand this moment in their life. And of course, in the life of St. Angela Marici, the passing of those closest to her. So, as I just noted, it was not soon after receiving that vision that indeed her sister was in heaven, that her uncle died. And after her uncle died, she returned to live at Desenzano to make a life for herself. Now, when she was there in that small Italian town, all around her, she saw poor girls with no education, poor girls with no hope, living in despair. Now, by way of historical context, my friends, in the 15th and 16th centuries, when Angela lived, education for women was very rare, often set aside for the rich and for the nuns. And while the nuns were the best educated women, they were not allowed to leave their cloister. Huh? There were no teaching orders of sisters like we have today. There's a great number of uh, women religious communities that are teaching across just not the United States of America, but across the world. Well, my dear friend, St. Angela Marici, she was the first to lead other women to teach young women how to better understand uh, just not God in the intellect, but what that means for the heart. Certainly, that was first and foremost in the mind and heart of St. Angela Marici. So, Angela brings together a group of unmarried women, fellow uh, Third Order Franciscans, and other friends. And they went out into the streets to gather up the girls they saw, and they taught them. These women, numbering 12 originally, had little money, but were bound together by their dedication to education and obviously commitment to Christ. Living in their own homes, they met for prayer and classes. Now, moving forward four years in her life, this band of 12 increased to 28 and it was at this time that she formed them into the company of St. Ursula. Who was St. Ursula? Well, she was the patroness of medieval universities and venerated as a leader of women, right? So she takes this uh, great woman, St. Ursula, and she uses her as their inspiration, huh? As one to mediate on their behalf. And so she forms this group, this band, for the purpose of re-Christianizing family life through solid Christian education of future wives and mothers. Now, the members continued to live at home. They took no special habit, per se. They took no formal vows. Uh, certainly, the early rule prescribed the practice of virginity, poverty, and obedience, but this was not formalized, at least not until after she was dead. So... Again, remember, the idea of a teaching congregation of women 
was new and it took time to develop. In fact, in light of this, the community really existed as a secular institute until after Angela's death. Among other key aspects of her teaching, she would often encourage her sisters to reflect into the reality that they have a greater need to serve the poor than the poor do of your service. What is she talking about there? Well, my dear friends, she was encouraging her sisters in Christ to enter into God's arithmetic. What do I mean by God's arithmetic? This was a phrase that uh, one Fulton Sheen uh, coined, huh? Well, where there is loss, there is profit. The more you give of yourselves, the more you get back. And it is for this reason that St. Angela Marici would encourage her sisters to understand this deeper truth of why we need to serve the poor, because it is God who is giving us so much in return. Let us always keep that salient truth in our Christian life in a rearview mirror, that every time we go to the poor, we are going to Christ. Every time we minister to the poor, we are actually ministering to Christ, and it is then that Christ is ministering back to us, filling our hearts up with the richness of his grace, the richness of his love. So St. Angela Marici was always keen to this fact, and she wanted her sisters to understand this deeply. We are given something only to give it away. This is the Christian life, right? To live is to choose, my dear friends, and to choose is to deny self. This is the Christian life, and the paradox is, this is where we find our joy. Because again, this is God's arithmetic. Where there is loss, there is profit. And profit always brings us joy, right? Okay. So these sisters were so successful in their service that Angela was asked to bring her innovative approach to education to other cities and impressed many people, including the Pope himself. In fact, in 1525... Pope Clement VII invited her to remain in Rome. However, Angela, feeling called, decided to return to Brescia to live a life of more devout prayer and certainly more devout teaching. At the end of her days, uh, many of the sisters who uh, belonged to this company of women who were devoted to teaching were struggling with the fact that Angela Marici was about to die. But in a famous quote, uh, Angela Marici reassured her sisters who were afraid to lose her in death, saying, I shall continue to be more alive than I was in this life, and I shall see you better and shall love more the good deeds which I'll see you doing continually, and I shall be able to help you more. Mm, amen. She died in 1540 at about 70 years old. Does that quote sound familiar? I know many of you out there are devoted to St. Therese of Lisieux, and one of her great quotes um, was her talking about how much more she will be able to do in heaven, dropping many roses as she spoke to it. Well, here's St. Angela Marici, long before St. Therese, effectively saying the same thing, right? When I'm beamed up into heaven, my prayers will be exponentially more powerful. I love that. There's a great story that comes to us from 
the travels of St. Angela Marici. During a pilgrimage to the Holy Land while visiting Crete, Angela was struck blind. This did not interrupt her trip, however. She continued on the journey, visiting the shrines with as much devotion and enthusiasm as if she still had her sight. In fact, when she arrived at all of those sites that she wished to uh, venerate and pray at, she talked about seeing with her heart. While on the way home, while praying before a crucifix, at the very place where she lost her sight, her sight was miraculously restored. Fascinating. Now, here we are talking about this saint, and you've heard me talk about a vision she's had, and now she's experienced this supernatural miracle, right? And uh, some of you might be saying, oh, here we go again, you know, a saint's story that I just can't identify with. No, no. Understand something, my dear friends. Saint Angela Marici's devotion to Jesus Christ was one that allowed her to see how Jesus Christ was working in the very ordinary life. And when we do this, we begin to see things as God sees them. And in so doing, our eyes are opened to the stuff of the supernatural. God is working miracles in our life every day, but our eyes are closed and we don't see them. The very gift of life is a miracle. The Eucharist is a miracle. Miracles are everywhere around us. We just need to open our eyes. Huh? We just need to open our eyes. And we will come to appreciate how God works in our life. Something that was very close to the heart of St. Angela Marici. You know, we so often say stuff like, Huh, that's funny. I just saw that person for a third time today, and I haven't seen that person in about two years. Funny, funny, I say to you, ha 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 ha, God says, <laughs> now pray for that person. Open your eyes and see that God desires for you to pray for that person. Everything belongs to God. Enough with this stuff of coincidence. In light of faith, it is all God incident. God doesn't roll the dice. He doesn't leave things to chance. No, he takes anything and everything and he desires to bring us to him. You see, we just need to open our eyes. And when we do open our eyes, we will see the wonder, the beauty, and the supernatural working in our everyday life. As St. Angela Marici did, huh? Amen. Well, there's some great quotes that come to us from some of her writings. She once said, Disorder in society is the result of disorder in the family. Huh? One thing precedes the other. A huge point here as we prepare for the world meeting of families in Philadelphia. The family, my dear friends, is the cell to society. As the family goes, so goes society. If the family is ripped apart, how can society itself be held together? Right? Another great quote here from St. Angela Marici. We must give alms because charity wins souls and draws them to virtue. What is she talking about here? Well, love is the bridge by which truth shall pass. Huh? Love is the bridge from which truth shall pass. 
Charity wins souls, she says, and draws them to virtue because charity opens up the heart to receive the goodness of Jesus Christ. You see this common among all the saints because all the saints understood this truth well because they were constant in giving alms, because they were constant in their charity. Huh? Amen to that. And another place, she said this, Mothers of children, even if they have a thousand, <laughs> carry each and every one fixed in their hearts. And because of the strength of their love, they do not forget any of them. In fact, it seems that the more children they have, the more their love and care for each one is increased. What a beautiful point. We live in a day where seemingly the large family is receding from normalcy, if I dare say that word. Huh? I was leaving the church today, and uh, this man comes up to me, and he sees me with my four children, and he says, says you have four? And I said, yeah. He said, that's, that's a good start. <laughs> I couldn't help but that's a good start. My wife looked at me, she said, really? <laughs> right. Well, it is a good start. Why? Because of what St. Angela Marici is talking about here, huh? And for all of you parents out there, you know well what St. Angela Marici is talking about because you know well that when you bring new life into this world, you find your heart expanding, your heart seemingly, literally enlarges. It is no wonder parents of large families have such big hearts, huh? Oh, amen to that. And maybe St. Angela's most famous quote, beware of trying to accomplish anything by force. Beware of trying to accomplish anything by force. What is she talking about there? Well, she speaks to the nature of love. What do I mean? My dear friends, love does not force. Love does not impose. Love does not coerce. Love does not browbeat. Love does not shove something down your throat. Love never says, do this. Love invites. Love proposes. Love asks. Love says, please. Love does not expect. Love accepts. Love does all of these things in truth, right? Yes, but all of these things nonetheless. My dear friends, love must always come from within, not from without. For those of you who are faithful listeners, you've heard me respond to that question, if God is so loving, why is there evil in the world? Well, the answer is in the question. It's because God is so loving that there is evil in the world, because love, again, does not come from without, but from within. Love must always be freely given. And we have the capacity to choose evil. We have the capacity to choose the wrong why? Because we've been given free will. And this is why we need to cooperate in God's grace, that we conform our will with the will of Jesus Christ. Not my will, but thy will be done. Thy will be done. And my dear friends, when we say thy will be done, we will not try to accomplish things by force. Huh? Have you ever tried to force something into another thing where it does not belong? I thought I had the right screw the other day. I was 
fixing the roof and it, it was the wrong thread. And I was kind of forcing it. And the more I forced it, the worse I made it, the more difficult I made it on myself. And then I had to, you know, pull it back out. And that was a hassle. No, there was a, a right screw with the right thread. My dear friends, when St. Angela Marici says, beware of trying to accomplish anything by force, what she wants us to understand is the importance of loving. It's just that simple, the importance of loving. You know, it's interesting. Uh, earlier, I was talking about St. Angela Marici's no to the Pope, right? That she felt called to stay in her hometown and devote her life to more prayer and to more devout teaching. She understood that that was God's will for her, right? She did not force herself to go to Rome. No, she knew. She discerned that God's will in her life, while I'm sure she appreciated the invitation, was to stay in that rural town of Italy. Okay, very important. Now, all that being said, there was one last piece I wanted to talk about, and that is and that is St. Angela Marici is another incorruptible. Now, we had talked about the incorruptibles a few weeks ago. John was in here, and we spent quite a bit of time talking about it, and I had gotten a few questions, and in the discussion a few weeks ago, I talked about the passage in Acts, and I've been asked to go back to that. And so, uh, where do we find in Scripture anything about the incorruptibles? Well, if you go to Acts chapter 19, verses 11 to 12, we read what? And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. If you were to go into the Old Testament, the book of Kings, chapter 13, verses 20 to 21, And Eliseus died, and they buried him. And the rovers from Moab came into the land the same year, and some that were burying a man saw the rovers, and cast the body into the sepulcher of Eliseus. And when it had touched the bones of Eliseus, the man came to life and stood upon his feet. Okay, again, the power of a relic. And do we not see this in the life of Christ? Remember the great passage that comes to us in Matthew chapter 9, verses 20 to 22. The hemorrhaging woman, huh? And behold, a woman who was troubled with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I shall touch only his garment, I shall be healed. But Jesus, turning and seeing her, said, Be of good heart, daughter. Thy faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. So here you have the garment of Christ healing. So yeah, there is power in relics. There is power in a handkerchief or an apron. You know, St. Augustine, reflecting upon this, said, If a father's coat or ring or anything else of that kind is so much more cherished by his children as love for one's parents is greater, in no way are the bodies themselves to be despised, which are much more intimately and closely united to us than any garment, for they belong to man's very nature. I thought that was a nice soundbite. Okay, so there you have a bit of a, a, a biblical foundation to uh, the teaching on relics and certainly the incorruptibles. In the end, what we are made to see is that often, 
when you look at an incorruptible saint, it really bespeaks of that saint's holiness, that saint's purity. And as we talked about off the top, in the case of St. Angela Marici, her angel-like goodness. Huh? So let us uh, pray for an increase in our own spirit to be fervent in our desire to teach and catechize those who are uninformed and to do so with an angelic-like heart. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.